Hello, and welcome to Mystic Grace. This is podcast, will be podcast number five and six. And it has been five months since my last confession. No, it's been five, it has been five months since I did my last podcast from Grand Junction, Colorado. And although I have been in Las Vegas for the last three or four months, you know, off and on, I was hoping to find a studio there, but it hasn't worked out. And when I came to Sedona for a a seminar and to meet uh, a friend that I became acquainted with over the phone, uh, immediately she told me about a, a recording studio in Cornville, which is about 20 minutes from Sedona, or as the crow flies, about eight or nine miles. The original name of this beautiful place was Cohenville, and it must have been uh, someone's name. Uh, Then they changed it to Cornville. Anyway, it's beautiful pasture land here, and I've invited Claudia Granger to be with me today, and she has willingly come along, and we've come out here into um, into the, the desert here. It's a beautiful desert here in Cornville. Claudia Granger is a psychic medium who lives in Sedona and who I contacted about three months ago or somewhere around there, about three months ago. I was trying to figure some things out, and I wanted to reach out to someone and I was doing a little research online, and I was in um, uh, near Sedona, and so I, I looked her up, and she had amazing reviews on her website. And I felt the heart, and I felt uh, the kinship right away. And so I booked a reading, and, and we became uh, friends after that. I came back to Sedona, and we got together. And I'm very, very, very happy to introduce Claudia to you. And I was asking her this morning about what we should be talking about. I was asking my own guides about that, and they told me survival. And I asked Claudia this morning over coffee, and she said, I got the same thing. So I thought, yes, this is survival. Survival not of the fittest, but survival of the soul. And I would like to introduce to you now Claudia, who also has a school of wholeness navigation. And perhaps she will explain about that as well. But I would like to begin this fantastic podcast with a newfound friend and a real kindred spirit. I am so happy to meet her and to know that people like her exist out here in the in the world. And for Claudia to explain really her gifts and her talent about what she does, and we'll take it from there, and this survival, and we'll be talking about that through, through our conversation here about survival of the soul, and I know that we are all thinking about that these days. 
Claudia. Thank you so much, and I'm uh, happy to be here. And yes, there are no coincidences in the world, and I think that is no coincidence that we came together um, in the last few days and uh, could share a little bit about our experiences, which are so fascinatingly parallel, specifically considering when you were contacting me before about uh, your healing center and your future center and we talk a little bit about survival and we talk a little bit about the human race and what we all do and in my school of wholeness navigation I try to teach people to find back to their own soul awareness to their own godhead or god source within them the golden spark the light spark which all makes us alive and um where we sometimes forget, though, that we are in this physical body limiting ourselves and uh, seem separate from who we really are. And when we were discussing this morning about um, survival, yes, I agree. It's not just a survival about um, having and um, surviving in regard of the body and our belongings, but also surviving in our daily to-dos in the sense of spiritual connection, that our spiritual connection needs to survive as well. And maybe the spiritual connection will then help us to survive all hardships in this polarity in the theater play of life. So I'm excited to discuss that today with you. And... Um, yeah, let's see what happens. Yes, yeah, so people, human beings, really are feeling quite lost now because we have really relied on other instruments or other philosophies or other opinions that are not really truly ours. And so, and now we have seen around us a crumbling of so many things. And we need to survive that, but we don't really understand the power of who we are and the connection of the power of 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 God and who and who we are. And you, your talents um, extend to helping people understand that we really don't die, and that we really do survive this material earth plane. And you are speaking about trying to survive or maybe even thrive in our daily to-dos. In other words, to feel better about each moment-to-moment -moment or day-to-day -day in our thinking, in our process, and to choose from that higher self, our higher self or a higher perspective. And we're in a struggle, right, of the ego, easing God out. This is the ego, um, my byline of ego having a contract out on all of us. And and so, Claudia, how do you do this? How, how do, do I do it? Well, um, first of all, like the name of the school says, uh, wholeness navigation, or navigation to our own wholeness. And how can we feel whole? We can only feel whole when we do not have a hole which we try to fill in ourselves by um, having more finances, more cars, more houses, more this, more that and so on. So in my daily do's, I try to help people to do the best 
they can with what they have to work with. Nobody's perfect. And uh, sometimes we strive for um, all sorts of things, including perfection. And we might get frustrated that we are not perfect in this world and uh, that we cannot maybe uh, fit the demands of people around us, whether it's parents or acquaintances or in our work world. And we might get some frustration out of that, that we are not as brilliant as we would like to be. So one of my points with people is to make them aware about their strengths and their weaknesses and accept themselves as who they are right now in this moment so that they can start loving themselves again without having to be so um, dependent on other people's love and how to do that is by understanding that we are truly loved by God's source or even our higher self and explain to them that they are way more than they what they perceive they are and uh, that they are actually eternal soul and what does it mean to be eternal? What does it really mean if God says, you know, um, you are made in my image? It's that not the man with the long beard, it's more the the spirit which is everlasting and what does everlasting mean? So that's part of uh, my doings. And then uh, turning and checking on their talents, because I believe that everybody is born with specific talents and specific brilliance. And in the beginning, we are maybe born like a diamond uh, in the rough. We don't have many facets, but we are nice to you know, look at or be. And uh, life, though, will give us the abrasion to become faceted diamond and sparkle even more. So by the end of our life, we are these brilliant, sparkling beings who are an extension of God's source and uh, have um, brilliance in the world and become the shining light of what we can truly be. And my help in this world is to facilitate that that people walk over the bridge um, from their ego. And, uh, you know, everybody has that contract. I love that sentence, by the way. <laughs> and go more over the bridge in understanding themselves as being the spiritual being, having a human experience rather than the human being, having once in a while a spiritual experience. So I turn it around and make them aware that they are more limitless than they can ever understand. At least that's what I try. And how do you how do you do this? Like, can you give me an example tools. of a reading? You to know? Oh, tools. Yeah. Um, well, sample of a reading. When people come, I look at their birthdays. The soul, to me, has decided when they want to incarnate, when they want to start their play, and it shows me the tools they have decided to come with. So to me, the birth date is like a soul matrix under which they want to operate in this theater play of life. And after I look into that, I can see what's coming up for them in the next three years, uh, with what challenges do they want to be confronted with, and what strengths and weaknesses they have as a tool to deal with these uh, happenings in the future. And I tell them a little bit about them. And also, one of my concerns is that people do not harbor grudges or hurt themselves with unforgiving circumstance. I love it that your uh, car has a sign <laughs> forgiven, because I think it's important that we have a certain forgiveness to ourselves. Again, we are not perfect. 
and also to others. So to accept ourselves as the strengths and weaknesses and to love ourselves for who we are is one of my purposes because then we can start loving ourselves and when we can do that it's way easier to love others too because if we hate ourselves what is there to love another if we hate ourselves that's hardly possible so when we are seeing these days all the rioting and the frustration and the hate I think it starts from within that these people who have these inner conflicts bring them outside and therefore turn everything into chaos around them. So my focus is to make people aware about the goodness within themselves, about the love within themselves, about the talents within themselves, and to see the goodness more in all things, have a better outlook, have a more spiritual outlook, from a non-judgmental perspective, what I also call the soul perspective. Because when you look things from a soul perspective, you are soul aware. That means you see the bigger picture. You are not so much in the pendulum swing of good and bad, uh, rather more into the pendulum swing, which stops then and coming to a still point of oneness. So I always describe it as the pyramid effect on the basis we have this wide base of the pyramid very positive and negative strengths and then when we step aside and watch the scene we will realize that nothing is as hot eaten as it is cooked or that uh, we shouldn't take ourselves too serious and when we come back into reality then we might be able to not be so judgmental about ourselves and others and go step by steps higher up and higher up to this oneness point and see well this is just a theater play of life let's not take it too serious let's not take it too dramatic and um, well, that's what I try to do in every reading I give Yes, so you, um, in your native country of Germany, did you have an epiphany at an early age about, you know, what you're speaking of now? Um, did you have uh, grandparents or parents that that in, that encouraged an open mind, or a, 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 did you have? <laughs> I have certain. to laugh, absolutely not, as one can <laughs> hear from my heavy accent. I am indeed German, and obviously I will not be able to relinquish that accent. No, my parents were actually very strict, and I had also very strict grandparents, very religious. Um, and what, I studied the kind theology. Of religion, I, I studied theology, a okay. Protestant um, from birth, I studied theology to do the right thing because I saw a lot as a child. Um, I would say that my father and mother both have the gift, but they are totally in denial. They do not want to have anything to do with it. So I was pretty much on my own with what I saw. I saw spirits and guides and angelic beings, a lot of entities and whatnots from day one. And uh, I can even remember my birth. And I can really? remember coming into the womb and the delivery, you know, in the womb it's getting tight, delivery, pretty drastic delivery process. And then almost all the days till today. And um, I never forgot who I really am, even though this life was not the easiest. If you have people around you who cannot see what you see, 
and think that you're maybe a little bit weird or a little bit crazy or a little bit different. And um, I remember my guides explaining to me a lot of things. And I, so I started to rely on them more and more and asking questions. How does this work? If God is good, why are there children born sick? And why are there wars? And I asked a lot of questions. Why, 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 why? And I got a lot of answers. But again, I wanted to do the right thing, so I started theology. And um, I found it a little bit narrow for my taste in the end because I had this... Um, you know, when you become a priest, you have this call to convince others about exactly what you believe. And I couldn't quite do that. Or I what felt you that were wasn't taught. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I was um, then studying something else in the end after my theology studies um, to be more open and did my healing practice and my reading practice on the side. Actually, I started with healing work. You did. And uh, started with simple Reiki and then did meditation classes and uh, was guiding people to the inner still point of oneness. And um, that was uh, my greatest pleasure and my balancing point between uh, working for an American consultancy company in Germany and doing the spiritual work on the side. Till then the point came where said enough of the regular world I want to do just the spiritual work and it caught me a, cost me a little bit courage to do so and jump into the cold waters to saying just now this and actually that wa was what brought me to Sedona in the end uh, it was an interesting journey but coming back to your question yes I have had my gift since childhood and I've seen things and traveled with my guides in between the worlds saw a lot of healing places in between the worlds and understand that this reality is made out of color and sound swinging atoms and that we can utilize this to heal ourselves and heal our bodies and sometimes even heal our minds. And um, yes, yeah, I've tried to do that ever since. And as I have seen from your work, you do the same thing. And that's why I find it so fascinating that we come from different parts of the world and came to the same conclusions. <laughs> and here we are sitting here, here and discussing <laughs> survival and what we can do to survive the polarity of this world. Survival, I know. And there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books out there on how to. And there are many, many teachers and there are a lot of people going back also to the Bible and to um, perhaps the religion that they were brought up in as as they try to we try to figure this out now. When we were talking earlier about um, when you were saying another car, it's not about having all these cars or houses or, play, or things. I'm thinking of all the people that um, because I came from that life mm -hmm. uh, as well. I had uh, never mind. I had a lot of houses and had a lot of car cars and. But then you see the people without a house and you see people without cars and then you see people without clothes and then it just doesn't make any sense anymore. And that separation is really beginning, to, uh, people are really being able to see that. Everywhere I travel, I see uh, the homeless and more and more and more of them mm -hmm. gathered by the roadside. They, I mean, they are everywhere, everywhere now. 
And it was the first time that I heard uh, on the radio uh, someone talking about now we have homeless because of disasters, weather disasters, and disasters happening all over the, the world. So it's not just economically, now it is because of disasters. So we are in this homeless, separated place within ourselves as well. This is the, as, as we're struggling, but we are still eating and still have a roof over our head and all, all of these, all of this, and then we're seeing more of people not. And now we've got, now we're thinking about how, what's going to happen to us, those of us that do have a roof over our head or now uh, disasters can come right in, right into our backyard. And are we prepared for that? We were talking earlier about being prepared and survival. So is it the, the survival? So what should we be afraid of? Not being stocked up enough or having enough water or afraid for our soul if something happens to us, where, we, where are we going to end up? One of the teachings that my guides also continually gave me was that about that there was, that there is no, no death. And if we're not afraid of dying, then we're not afraid of living, really living, I mean, and just really having a voice and using our voice and not being afraid to give away most of our stuff. I think a lot of people are downsizing, but we still have to get to that peaceful place within our within ourself. And for me, when you say theater, this theater of life here, or this theater, I like that because we're all playing these roles. And so um, talk a little more about the about um, when you do it, someone's birth chart. Do, do you think, Claudia, if someone knew who, what they were supposed to do when they, when they came in. Like, would you like to know what's going to happen in the next year? That's kind of what you do for people as well, right? Yes, and I even have people who ask me when they're about to die, believe it or not. Some people really want to know that I ask my guides or the divine whether I'm allowed to tell them when they're about to die. And are sometimes you allowed? I'm allowed to, and sometimes not. It just depends on the individual and whether they are really ready to hear it. I know, for example, my age when I'm going to cross, and it gives me a sense of peace that I know, hmm, well, when the time comes, I'm hopping off this planet and I'm hopping off this reality <laughs> into a next one. I think what people are mostly afraid of is the suffering. And that's why one of my mottos is to be part of the end of all suffering. Because when we suffer, what is really suffering? We are suffering pain, we're suffering emotional pain, physical pain, mental pain. But how can we bring ourselves back that we are not suffering? So that's a big question I'm asking myself and my guiding ones a lot. How can we help people against the suffering? Well, one thing is to be in this reality, networking with each other, for example, in catastrophe. One thing I admire about catastrophe is that we come all back to the ground basics of either helping each other or shooting each other. Oh, so... Um, I love it when people 
go back to the basics of the core of the heart and helping each other out, understanding that when we do things together with each other, we have a better way to survive any kind of circumstance. I, for example, was flooded out of my house um, many years back when I first came to Sedona. Um, flood waters were rising. I had no chance of getting out. You know, people had to come and uh, catch my dogs and, and um, yeah, literally swim us over the Oak Creek River to a dry spot. And then you stay there and you don't have clothes, you don't have anything except, you know, what you have on on your ribs at that moment. And then to find people who take you in and, and take care of you while you're waiting that the water subsides too and your belongings become accessible, that was a really interesting experience. And I'm glad to say that I had um, enough gentle friends who took me in and... Um, Help me to go to Goodwill and get some clothes because it was in the middle of winter. I mean, wow. you know, back to basics. But I realized also that I felt a deep connection to these people afterwards, the ones who helped me, because I was in a very vulnerable spot and they helped. So it created a bondage to these people. And I think when we are helping each other, we are bonding on a higher perspective of just surviving into, you know, hand to mouth, into our own mouth from what we work and the money we get. But um, through the bond, we go to the next level of feeling connected in spirit and knowing and feeling secure that we are taken care of because we are operating from spirit. What I find so sad right now is that all this rioting and all this shooting and just wanting to be in the news for it and that people are so desperate um, to be recognized through drama um, that they do not help each other. Um, it's, sometimes it takes drama to get people together, but I would wish sometimes it would be more their catastrophe drama of nature, because then we are not going against each other from the human base, like with all these shootings, you know, oh, this is the bad guy, and we are all the good guys. Uh, if it's Mother Nature who rattles us up, then we can say, okay, you know, you are not at fault and you are not at fault. Mother Nature rattles us up here. So we have to fit ourselves together and we help each other out in the emergency that is. So um, this year, 2018, I always say to my clients, it's the year of authenticity, being authentic, being real, being truthful. And we have all in this year our own personal wake-up calls and uh, shaker-uppers to realize who we really are. And I think that's where this um, theme of survival comes in. Um, do we have friends who would take us in? Do we have uh, good neighbors? Do we know our neighbors? Do we know... Um, do we have trust in spirit? Do we have trust in the divine to be at the right place at the right time and to be taken care of? Uh, for example, before the flood, I had an experience that a spiritual being came to me and said, water, there will be lots of water. Coincidentally, at that time, um, there was the uh, tsunami where a lot of people died. 
And I thought, oh, that's sad. Not thinking that it was a warning for myself that water was cleansing my home and my life at the time. So um, to make a long story short, we will all have in this year, as we have seen in the news, uh, shake up our experience to make us awake what we really are and who we truthfully really are and to be truthful to ourselves. Talking about numerology, 2019 gives us a respite year where we can have what we want if we know what we want. So it's important to know what we want for our future and to know that quite in detail. 2020 goes right back into the survival mode we were discussing because 2020 is the year of emotions. It will be like a year as if we all would be under full moon influence. Our emotions will be swapping over. It will be very intense and there will be a divide between the people who trust in spirit and have a belief into the divine, however they see it, whatever religion they follow, um, and the ones who have never dealt with their inner emotions and inner fears. And these people will live in the fear mode and will get frantic. So I can only say to any listeners, turn inside and see what you're afraid of. Yes. And coming back to the dying, um, I'm not afraid of dying, but you know, I Since wouldn't you know. wanna <laughs> I wanna not be suffering and have pain when I'm dying. So nobody wants to have really pain in this body. But I also know from past life experience that the pain doesn't last long. And before we know it, we are flung out of our body and stand over our body and say, okay, that was it then. <laughs> <laughs> we, ha we hear so many of those stories, don't we? Yes. When you were speaking about water, and it's so, first of all, it's interesting that uh, 2020, that you, this is what you've been given, that 2020 will be uh, an eruption, more eruption of water. Oh, emotions, 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 you said, but mm -hmm. water has been connected to emotions, right. I think, right? So when there is floods or a wa water disasters, um, then it's emotions. And we are not, we're, we are, we are not connected, you know, um, healthily to our emotions. We don't emit or emote our emotions, what you were saying about the rioting and the, this is how we are voicing ourselves through the right. rioting because we've hit a, hit a wall. We're, we're, we go along and think, you know, oh, you know, there's another store around the corner. There's, there's, I can have whatever, you know, comforts, you know, I need or want or looking for, you work for it really, really hard. But then when you don't have it or you're thrown out of the house or water does come or fire or whatever, it's it, it's in our DNA to help one another. When the disaster of 9-11, I remember and saw the lines of people lined up, curled around the buildings of New York City to give blood. The call went out that they needed blood, and people lined up around the, the buildings to you know, to to give blood and waited and waited, so it's in our our very nature to help, and it makes us feel good to right. do that. But when we can do this without attachment, when we can do this and give, 
you know, without uh, expecting anything in return. Uh, and then, but also to be able perhaps to see the gratitude. But if you don't see the gratitude, that's that should be all right too, you know. My license plate, to go back to that, the number four and then G-I-V-E-S, I just bought the car <laughs> and, and traded in my truck, my beloved uh, Tatanka truck and bought the car. I haven't had a new car in 10 years. And I loaned it immediately to a friend who immediately got into an accident with it. She was fine. It was just a FedEx truck that rear-ended her. And <laughs> it, it had to come off the road. And I said, oh, my God, I'm going to change these plates. No, I'm going to do the four gives. That's it. And I'm thinking, you know, are people going to look at this license plate and then try to run into me because <laughs> they, they're mad? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. I said, I don't know. But so forgives the uh, forgiven, forgiving our, ourselves. Um, when part of your readings, Claudia, is that you're helping people that have lost, uh, or I'm going to say lost, but people have died in their family or whatever, and they're seeking uh you know, that comfort of knowing that they got to the other side okay mm -hmm. or everything is is okay. Can you speak to that about this kind of um, light and love and forgiveness that's part of our survival mechanism mm -hmm. here? Sure. I have uh, had the privilege to tune into a lot of crossed over loved ones and in different stages in their ascension. Not everybody goes high, high up um, right away. I have found that sometimes people have to go through what I call the golden cocoon stage, where they are made aware that they are eternal soul and drop the codes of the human experience and what they perceive themselves to be. And come back to this oneness point where the polarity of good and bad doesn't exist anymore, but where's just this divine light ruling. Sometimes family members had a harder time with a person who crossed over, and they are sometimes shocked when uh, people come, they didn't see eye to eye. And they're even more shocked when then these souls now want to make up for what they did wrong. I have seen several times people who were perpetrators or um, had negative characteristics in the life here now wanting to be helpers and balance out what they did and caused to the lineage in their family. Um, so... Other times I've seen people who are just delightfully high up there and which make me hard to want to come back uh, to this earth here because it's so wonderful to be in, in the presence high up with these beings, I want to say now, these souls who are in this divine light, uh, shining bright like the golden sun and uh, warming you in spirit and to translate that. But there is not much human um, personality left in these beings. So they're just so in, in oneness that this um, 
first name basis of who we were isn't there anymore. So that's also sometimes astounding to the uh, people who are left behind. And we sometimes think way too um, limited thinking about our cost over loved ones. We think them to be like the mother or the dad or the brother or the child um, with the characteristics we knew, but we drop all that to be this divine being again. And for me, it's um, sometimes hard to explain um, if it doesn't come forth through some mannerisms, they see that this is real or certain things they show me, this is real. Mostly when I work with crossed over loved ones to make it real to the family here left behind, I get the pain of the person who is crossing. Like if it's from a cancer, I get that sh shortly or a heart attack, then I get that or shot, I get the pain from the sh uh, shot wound or drowning at the pain and uh, suffering from suffocating, but only for a brief moment and only to make the person who is sitting across from me aware, this is how the person died. And then so-and-so came and picked them up or now they are fine. So to me, how I work, it's mostly connecting into the moment of dying and then moving on to where they are now. Um, I had the privilege to help uh, some of the people who lost children specifically to put them at ease about the suffering of their children. Because I've seen that, again, we get, got flung out of our body. The spirit gets flung out of the body pretty fast. So the suffering is not as much as we sometimes perceive it to be. And then one little one said about uh, people with drug addictions. A lot of parents I have with uh, children who died from drug overdoses. And they are now, because some of them did it to themselves in the overdose in the last, and it's seen in, oftentimes in church as um, suicide. And they are so fearful about their children now suffering in hell. From my experience, and I do not want to go into religion, but from my experience, I perceive that if these souls allow themselves to reach out to the divine, they will be plucked up and brought out of their misery right away, and they do not have to suffer any kind of hell and damnation. I've even talked to a person who hung themselves on a doorknob, and again, I couldn't have known that, who told me, if I would have known how much support I have from the other side, I definitely wouldn't have to hang myself on the doorknob. And I tried to go back into my body, but I couldn't, and game was over. So um, there is way more grace uh, in the divine than we as humans often think about. And I would wish so much for us to download this grace and bring this grace down to earth to be more kinder and uh, gentler to our co-inhabitants on this planet and uh, let go of our frustration and let go of our... Um, hate 
because ultimately we only hurt ourselves with these frustrations and hates. And that's why in one of my sessions about how to let go of emotional baggage, I have a focal point on letting go the dramas and, as you have on your license plate, go into forgiveness because when we do not forgive we hurt ourselves and we hurt ourselves more than we hurt anybody else we shoot so to speak in our own foot with our anger and frustration and that will lead to destruction i always am thinking about if we create if we create we create something um, new and positive And destruction is so negative. Um, so even with all this polarity going on in the world right now and the frustration people have, let's create, let's co-create, being co-creators, create something new, something better. But it doesn't always have to be a forceful um rendering the old walls down to get to something better we can do it with gentleness but a force a gentleness can have a force it doesn't always have to be with ruthlessness but sorry i got a little bit off no, here that's, with the, <laughs> that's uh, exactly right but you see that's why the ego has a contract out on all of us true because so true. easing god out and the ego is so so clever and it will make you think that you are going to die if you forgive or you are it's this is just not happening that other person is at fault and 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 you you're in the right even though you're you might not be or even if you are so what the the it's such a trick it's such, the the ego is such a trick we need our egos we're in personas our ego persona we're we're standing here upright or we're sitting whatever we're we're in our ego body but we we need to put the ego in the back seat of the bus and really our higher selves drive this vehicle our vehicles ourselves now i would tell um all the people that we've gathered in the in the in the healing center in Mystic Connecticut I would say okay you guys you know we we got this down man this suffering we got it down let's try something new we know how to suffer and we know how to blame but we don't know how the freedom of forgiving and it's nothing but the ego would tell you otherwise as as you can see Right. <laughs> and so we pat ourselves with all of this stuff, this material world. And if you have been following all the all the, the my previous podcasts, you know where I, where I, where I came from specifically. I came from Mystic Connecticut, then went to the material world, you know, the $10,000 Mackie gowns, the Rolls-Royce, the, you know, 13 cars, fur coats, whatever the heck it was. All all of that And then to the and then to building this the spiritual healing uh, center because I am both, you are both, we are both. We are living in the material earth plane, but we are multi-dimensional beings, as you were uh, referring to and relating to a little bit earlier. And we know the power of, of of being happy, the power of of giving, the power of forgiving, and it's it's such freedom. And then that brings you 
even more and more um, knowledge and and healing ability to to be in the healing the healing world. The ego will just it's a, such a trickster like no one's business in that that the ego will have you think that you will die if you forgive. So true. <laughs> that fear of dying it brings it always down back to basics. Yes. And the universe is such a rich one. If we would learn to co-create and come together, and I think that's why we both had downloads about uh, self-sustainability centers or in a sense of communal living where everybody puts their best foot forward and brings in their talents and their creativity and their um, yeah, talents they were born with as everybody is born brilliant. That's and it's right. said that we are not following through and that there are not more of these centers and that there's a lot of resistance. And um, if it happens, it happens always under religious kind of circumstances with a limitation of belief, with only that belief. I would wish so much that we could uh, put our differences aside and say, okay, you believe this and that's your right and you believe this and that's your right, but... Let's bring it back to the basis. What is in, when you compare all the religions, what is all in common? And we all come from something and go back to something. It's not that we sizzle out and never exist again. I mean, the universe is an everlasting one. And even if... You know, one universe dies, there's another being born, and it's like an endless cycle. And when we think about endlessness, and we think about the word eternity, and when we think about ourselves in the context of eternal life, because whether you're Muslim or Buddhist or Hindu or Christian, to some extent we all believe about eternity. And when we can see ourselves from that point, then we start to get in somewhere. And then we can create and co-create because we have found a common denominator. And that's the light. Talking about car license plates, I have one too. And it's called One Light. <laughs> because we have all that divine spark in us. Whether we can feel it in our heart or we can feel it through seeing, through our third eye center. No matter what, there is this, this light. And even in the most radical person, even in the most hateful person, it might be buried there, but it's still there. And when we see a lot of these radical people these days where sometimes I shake my head and think, wow, where is this all coming from, you know? Uh, this adversity, this, uh, this hatefulness, but still... They're believing in eternal life after doing something. Now, when we, though, believe in light and love, and I think that's the combination bridging point here, light and love, um, then we start creating something productive. And when we are looking in the world, there's not too much love out there. 
in the material world on the surface. But actually, there is. When we look a little bit deeper, there is a lot of people who are donating lots of money to people who do not have. And they're doing it without even being reported to the news. And there is more goodness. So when we look and focus on the goodness and we focus on the good um, in people, I think it will grow. What we focus on gets bigger. And I think that's part of a resolution we can find here today in our daily adversary lives where we have conflicts in our at work or with our spouses or children or co-workers or whatnot, that we look at the positive. And you were asking me earlier about exercises. So one of the exercises I do sometimes with people when they're frustrated about their partners or co-workers is close your eyes and call in the person you have a conflict with and then ask them, why do you act this way towards me or what is your problem with me or why do you talk to me this way or what's the reason and so on. So you ask them. And then you listen a moment and perceive what, what the response is. It's not going to be an outer listening that you hear a voice talking to you. It's just about a knowing. And when we do it in this form, we will communicate from soul to soul. That means with closed eyes focusing on the other person, we will have a true understanding what they're really try to tell us and we will know what their conflict is with us and then we can ask what energy of healing would they need to feel good enough about themselves that we do not have to have this conflict that this conflict can dissipate and what would I need to for example also not pushing this person's buttons and the easiest way to work it is to work with color and sound or color therapy because color is non-judgmental and neutral and we can fill the holes of ourselves and the other person through energy. So then I asked my clients, what color frequency would make you feel and be your best today in this situation and what color frequency would the other party need to not feel button pushed by you and so on. And then we always have to let it flow through ourselves first because we are the gatekeeper to the situation. We are the one who are doing the work at the moment. So let it flow through you first and then from your heart let it overflow to the other party. And uh, after the color frequencies stop flowing then see how the person changes in your mind's eye. And when we do that, we will see that they change. And then give it about three days in the material, in the physical world. And see whether they are going to treat you a little bit differently. I've seen it in many a times that, yes, people do change. And it's not just the other party which changes, but it's also ourselves who change when we do work with color therapy forms or color frequency. 
thought creates form, creates reality. And uh, Masao Emoto, maybe some of you have heard about messages from water, have shown with their uh, photography of uh, the water crystals after being frozen and having put certain messages on it, how different the outcomes are before and after with the messages put on the different water bottles. And we are ultimately a big water bottle with spirit in it. <laughs> um, and we can change our vibration and frequency to make it more whole. And to work with color therapy or color frequency is one of the easiest way you can make yourself feel better and bring yourself in balance and also your counterpart which you have a conflict with at least that's one tiny step in the right direction but again what we focus on gets bigger yes and in our next uh in continuing on part two in our next uh podcast we're going to talk about these fields of light because we are a field of light. We are our own Merkabas. And you are talking about this is how we actually will survive. And that is, we have already been encoded with these survival skills about how to change our molecular field, our field chills. of light. <laughs> I'm really getting chills when you're speaking about that. I'm so excited to um, hear about yes, that. Yes, so we're going to get into that because, Claudia, that's who you are and what you have been doing, and that's who I am and what I've been doing. And then I got sort of kicked out of my healing center to come out into the public and come out of the closet, so to speak, and and I'm dragging you right, right, <laughs> right out of there, too, because I said, oh, my gosh. Um, but I want to uh, leave uh, this conversation at, at the moment with... Um, Something that uh, is in the keys of Enoch, actually, and it's uh, this is a code book by um, Dr. J.J. Hurtock. We just had an Easter, who just had an Easter seminar here in Sedona, and he brought up again oh, so many many things. But one of them in the keys of Enoch, he spoke about how Enoch said that we are all human beings are doomed to perfection. <laughs> I mean think about that for a moment. So we'll leave this uh, right as it is right now. And the next, uh, we're going to talk about changing our, our fields just by, even with eyes closed or eyes open, everything you just said, Claudia. And then also ties into the biblical scripture, which says, if you want that mountain to move, you say to the mountain, move. Meaning, if you want this conflict to end, you can say that by changing the vibration of your thoughts through the love and the light of where we were all born from. Thank you, Claudia. Thank you. Thank you.